0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Define. I am pumped about this episode, and you're going to think I've gone off the rails a little bit for going off this topic, but trust me, it's all super relevant. If you didn't hear my last episode, we talked to Ben about his struggle with acceptance, not only with his type 1 diabetes diagnosis, but also himself, which was a really cool interview. So thanks again, Ben, for doing that. So today, I'm breaking down self-acceptance. Now, just as some background, when I find a topic I'm curious in or like to research, especially when it comes to character traits, I go to Google and type in whatever trait that is. So for this, it was self-acceptance, and I do studies, so self-acceptance studies. And guys, I could not believe what I found. I was actually really excited about it because the last couple traits... We started with self-awareness, then we had self-trust, now let's add self-acceptance and it's all evolving around similar topics and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. So, in a study by the University of Hertfordshire, hope I'm saying that right, back in 2014, they they partnered with a couple nonprofits called Action for Happiness and Do Something Different. They did a survey of 5,000 people asking them how often they practiced the happy habits. And obviously, then say, Do you practice the happy habits? They gave specific examples. So you're probably asking, like I did, what are happy habits? So here they are. Here are the happy habits. And these came from the 10 keys to happier living framework that was developed by the Action for Happiness nonprofit group that partnered with the university. So here they are. These are the habits giving, relating, saying so, you know, relationships, exercising, appreciating trying out, and by trying out, they mean keep learning new things, direction, resilience, emotion, so being true to your emotions, acceptance, and meaning, people having meaning in their life. That's it. Those are your 10 happy habits. And what they did is they asked 5,000 people how they would rank themselves. And they didn't ask, do you give? Do you relate? No, they they gave you like a sentence question and they did this multiple times just to make sure that, because, you know, st- scientific studies are hard and there's always margin for error. So especially with surveys, cause it's so, you know, up to the individual who's answering their perception of it. So that's hard, but they do that big number to kind of help with that margin of error. But Anyways, so they do this study. And another aspect of the study was to determine Like if they, if someone ranked themselves high on a certain trait, you know, with 5,000 people, that's a lot of numbers to work with. They were trying to figure out what traits lead to the most satisfaction out of life. Like which trait is the best predictor of someone being satisfied with their life. And acceptance was the strongest indicator. In other words, self-acceptance was the trait. If someone ranked themselves high on acceptance, that meant that most of the time, they were satisfied with their life, which is really cool. I, I haven't even thought of it that way, but it does make sense. If, if you accept who you are in your life, um, not not that you're not trying to develop or anything like that. I don't think that's what it means. Just accepting who you are and where you're at and where you're going. So that was the most likely to determine if someone was satisfied with their life is if they had acceptance, If they had, if they had developed that trait. And you, the trait that was practiced the least out of all these traits, of course, was acceptance. So the one trait that is, according to this study, and I'm I'm curious if, if you know any more I should look at, let me know. According to the study, the trait that's going to determine if you're satisfied with your life was the least practiced out of all these traits, which is crazy to me. But basically as you break down what acceptance actually is, self-acceptance is the ability to see and embrace all your attributes, the positive and the negative. I would include in that, you know, where your life is, like accepting where your life is. And I think this is one of the problems with the concept of self-acceptance. I think people assume that I accept who I am. That means that the person saying, yeah, I'm done trying. I don't think that's true. I think, You can accept who you are and be grateful for what's around you. Not everything, because some things like trauma and abuse and things like that, you can't really be grateful for that. But the concept of accepting what's there, what you see in your life, I don't think that means that you're signing up to be stagnant. I think that just means, okay, I'm happy with where I am. And I can't wait to see what's next, you know what I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. Let me know what you think about that, but the follow-up question I had after reading the study, I'm like, wow, acceptance is the least practice, but the strongest indicator so why why is self-acceptance so hard? it's a and it turns out I'm not the one to ask this question i when I put why is self-acceptance it popped right up as the first. Option. So clearly, I'm not the only one asking this. Um, but there was an article in Psychology Today, and the author of this particular article is Barbara Markway, who's a PhD. I thought she summed up the answer to this question perfectly. Accepting ourselves unconditionally is difficult because we must give up the fantasy that if we punish ourselves enough with negative thoughts, we'll change. I was floored by this, like it was highlighted. I clicked right on it, zoomed down the article. Here it was accepting ourselves unconditionally is difficult because we must give up the fantasy that if we punish ourselves enough with negative thoughts, we'll change. And I felt super seen when I read that. I felt almost attacked. I was like, what the, what is this? Um, cause this is, this is absolutely something that I've struggled with and believed the mass majority of my life. It's only I would say it's only been the last couple of years where I've really tried to shift from the negative thoughts and the negative talk to more positive. And I don't know. It it just made total sense to me. And I keep every time I read, it, I'm like lingering and and pondering on it. So we'll we'll move along. I will I will do that after this podcast is done in like a tub. (laughs) I'll be like, okay, I'm going to read more articles on this. Okay. Anyway. And I, again, I find this really interesting because the last two episodes I've done like this are self-awareness and self-trust. And again, as with self-awareness and self-trust, compassion is a critical, critical. It's a non-negotiable part of this process. And in self-awareness, we talk about compassion to other people and self-trust. We talk about compassion about ourselves Self-acceptance is still compassion about ourselves. I don't know. So if, if you know of anyone who compassion is a defining trait of theirs, please go nominate them on my podcast, com slash podcast. I would love to talk to them because this is turning out so far in these interviews. I'm curious what the next couple are going to be like. But compassion seems to be a critical part of developing these very important traits internally and externally. So yeah, please let me know. The next question I had with this is, okay, i about self-acceptance. Isn't this kind of the same as self-esteem? And thanks for putting up with all the quotes in this podcast. There are just a lot of talented people who have researched this topic and have said things way better than I could. So I want to give credit where credit is due. So as I search this self-acceptance versus self-esteem, the quote by Leon F. Seltzer, who's a PhD, as well, um, quote, self-esteem refers to specifically to how valuable or worthwhile we see ourselves. Self-acceptance alludes to a far more global affirmation of self. When we're self-accepting, we're able to embrace all facets of ourselves, not just the positive, more esteemable parts. So basically, self-esteem is something that we determine we get to determine what we think is worthwhile in ourselves. We we decide what our self-esteem is based on, what traits, what gifts, what talents. And when we're doing good and when we develop those things, it increases our self-esteem. Now this isn't bad. I don't I don't think and I don't even think this doctor is even saying that this is a bad thing. But the difference is self-esteem is the traits that we determine are worthwhile. Self-acceptance is embracing all of our traits, which I find very fascinating and love. And I'm loving how these different pieces are coming together because when I think of, okay, well, how can I develop self-acceptance? The same answers came up with developing self-trust and self-awareness. And the one that seems to be strongest across all three is developing compassion for who we are, speaking kindly to ourselves, to start, and that helps us speak kindly to others, what helps you? what helps you be more compassionate for yourself i I know for me personally and i I know not all my listeners may be religious or not, so i 'd love to hit, hear your take on this i know I know for me one important aspect into accepting who I am has been involving God, you know i I truly believe that the more we involve God in our lives, the clearer we can see our worth and ourselves and how much we're loved, not, not just by a higher being, but by the people around us and, and, again, ourselves. We're able to see ourselves through a much more compassionate lens. I know there are other ways to do this. There are a lot of really cool techniques and that's just my way of of approaching this particular dilemma since compassion is difficult and I'd be curious what you guys do what do you do? What do you do to help develop more compassion on yourselves? Is it a gratitude list? Is it you know just a good strong relationship that with someone that can see you a little more clearly i I just be curious but anyways i I love that the last few interviews have all in one way, shape, or another been about people's journey to finding, to finding happiness and being a happier person. And I love that because I feel like that's me, and I feel like that's a lot of people. What are we doing to become happier? And how are we doing it? And how can we be better about it? How can we be more efficient? <laughs> I'm a very efficient person. I, I want to go, what is the quickest way to achieve this goal? And it's I don't know, it's just super fascinating. I'd love to hear your feedback and again if if you know someone whose defining trait is compassion, please let me know i would I would love 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 to interview them. It seems to be such a key trait in all this stuff I'm researching and sharing. So I'd love to talk to someone who's really made it a part of their journey is to develop compassion anyways, thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry, this one was. <laughs> not not all over the board that was focused. But I just got so excited about finding this study. I get really excited when I find studies like that, that just answer more in depth than what I was even hoping to find. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day.